You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. We're recording Tuesday morning around 8.30 Central Time. I say that because what we're about to talk about in this podcast, everything could change in the next like six, seven, eight hours. Basically because the Vikings are still $15 million over the salary cap. It is March 7th, and free agency starts March 8th. They are not higher over the salary cap because of what happened on Monday. Um, Vikings saved basically $9.5 million, close to $10 million, by cutting Eric Kendricks. Um, Longtime face of the defense. Um, I guess him, Harrison Smith, and Neil Hunter have kind of been the three guys I think are synonymous with this defense for the past decade. So when I saw that news yesterday that they had cut Eric Kendricks, my first reaction is, oh, that's weird. Like, it's going to be weird to see him wearing mm-hmm. another jersey. Um, he's done a lot for the team on the field, a lot for the community off of it. But then when you think about it more pragmatically from a business side, this was always going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. The dead money was pretty negligible. And it saves them close to $10 million. Um, These are the hard decisions that you have to make when you continuously kick the can down the road like the Vikings have. (laughs) Tom, what did you think of the decision yesterday um, to to cut Eric Hendricks? It's it's hard not to think about him first, right? As in like who he is as a player, but also as a person. You talk about the community service, um, which is incredibly important. And kind of how he spoke out after George Floyd and how he's helped people in Minnesota, even though he's he's a guy from Fresno, right? Came over from Fresno, California. So um, I think also just like he's really entertaining to talk to. Like he Mm -hmm. kind of thinks a mile a minute and (laughs) give you a lot. And uh, there's just kind of always excitement and joy. I think of like how he comes out of the tunnel and he looks like so excited just to like play football. Um, I think of one moment when the Steelers almost came back and beat the Vikings. I'm trying to remember if it was like Thursday night or something. It was like a primetime game um, in mm-hmm. 21. And uh, and Kendrick sacked Ben Roethlisberger, which is always tough, especially for like a smaller linebacker. And he's kind of riding around on him. <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, I asked him about it afterwards and he's like, yeah, he kind of took me for a ride. And it was so exciting, man. Like I love Ben Roethlisberger. He had like this sweet visor, like a tinted <laughs> visor. And I was like, that. I mean, that's just like where his mind goes to, right. It's kind of yeah. beyond the X's and O's and just like, Hey, I got the sack of player who I thought was cool. Cause he had a gold visor, whatever the hell Ben Roethlisberger wore back in the day. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, but yeah, there's something, you know, I, I, I have not fully written it yet. I think, I think when, um, when Flores, uh, going back a few weeks, when Flores had said, like, I want players with joy, I was like, unfortunately, like, 
that's what Kendricks yeah. is. He does play with that joy, and I think they're going to cut him. And looking at it now, having made that move, I'm like, you do lose a little bit of your soul there when when he's gone. And it's a business yeah. decision. It's the right decision. Also, the Giants just picked on him in the playoffs. But like, um, but he is the 2015 draft class, right? The excitement around barring Kendricks, the the idea that this guy could kind of guard, uh, you know, receivers and running backs and tight ends and get in the backfield and. I mean, would make like an incredible one-handed catch that like receivers would be jealous of, right? Mm-hmm. And so like there there was something all encompassing the guy he was, the the way he kind of approached life in the game and and his abilities that that it's unfortunate that's gone. Having said that, that's why they need some cap space and some draft capital because you got to revamp that whole defense. It's getting old. Yeah, I think you're right um when you talk about Kendricks and the first thing you think about is the person um, that the, that the organization, that the city, that the state is losing, right? Like he, he's everything you would want in in someone who became a face of your franchise. Um, he wasn't the face of the franchise, but he was someone who you thought of when you thought of the Vikings. I think if you were someone who followed the NFL as kind of a diehard, you knew who Eric Kendricks was. You knew he he was one of the premier sideline to sideline linebackers in the league. Um, but to your point, he was also someone who was easy to rally behind because of his personality. I, I think what maybe gets a little bit lost in the fact that he declined over the last year, year and a half, he was really freaking good for a really long yeah. time. Like you mentioned, um, his his hands, like that was they were second to none from the linebacker position. He like you like you said he could make a one-handed interception look easy he he was someone who could patrol you know the middle of the field and kind of bait a quarterback into a throw um you know and 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 follow through by making that interception but he was also just the speed that he played the position at was something that made him i think elite like he he was a true sideline to sideline run and chase linebacker um that just by the way the the league goes and you know young guys come in and older guys the skill set kind of ages out um, he couldn't play that way anymore i think he can still play linebacker in the league mm-hmm. i think a, a, a different system might work better for him um, he's not old um, he's not young anymore but he isn't the player that he used to be um, and that doesn't mean he isn't still a a player that can make an impact. And that doesn't mean he wasn't a a top tier player for this defense. Um, But yeah, this, this is a lot now on Brian Asamoah. Like it's Mm -hmm. a changing of the guard truly. Um, And then it's, you know, I, I watch Brian Asamoah play and, and it's easy to be like, that guy is going to be a star because he flies around in the field. Yeah. Um, but let's remember, he has some big shoes to field because Eric Hendricks was really good for a really long time. Um, just consistently one of the best players on one of the better defenses in the league. Um, and that's not going to be easy to replace, even if a guy like Brian Asamoah has just a ceiling that I, I can't really see right now. So I'm, I'm curious how this is going to happen, what's going to happen moving forward. Brian Asamoah is obviously going to take that role is Jordan Hicks next? Like, are they going to have to find two? Like you've been a proponent for, look, it's not a sexy pick, but drafting an inside linebacker has a high hit rate. And it's something that could help this defense 
today and tomorrow. Like, it's interesting what the linebacking position is going to look like um, moving forward. The defense as a whole, we'll talk about a couple of the other guys that, that probably need to get restructured slash cut here in the next couple of weeks. It's a little, I mean, it's a little like the bar thing a year before, right? Where you're like, you kind of don't notice what he does until you're like, ah, people were like a line better. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, it's just kind of yeah. quick to, to pick up. Is it a, is a runner pass or whatever? And like, um, there'll be effect a little bit like that with Hicks. I mean, I think, I don't think he ever really like endeared. I guess maybe there are some big Hicks supporters or whatever, but like he, he, he was not, he had to enter kind of bar shoes and that's really hard to do in this defense. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to have to find someone who can replace that. Cause Asamoah has like this raw athleticism. Mm-hmm. He's learning the NFL game. I assume here's the other thing is you're going from Donatello to Flores. Flores should help him out in the long run, but like it is a change in defense and stuff. So um, I said this before, Asamoah probably like makes all these guys look slower than they are, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he's so, so absurdly fast, but um, that still doesn't mean that, you know, there is kind of that quarterback of the defense, right? And like Harrison Smith or anyone, anyone who's a safety kind of is like that because they have to be aware of everything that's happening in the secondary. But I really feel like the the middle linebacker is that guy, right? He's getting communication from the sideline and literally stands in the middle of the field. So um I feel a little bit kind of like with the bar pick where again, people wanted like Johnny Menzel, right. And in hindsight, yeah. 20, but you're like, Holy, you know, what if they had done that? Um, uh, and bar ends up being this, this really good pick. And I think this is kind of how we have to think of this year is as much as they do need some flash positions, another receiver, uh, a project quarterback, uh, whatever, like there are some fundamentals they have to take care of. And given how few picks they have and how late they're picking, like, Middle linebacker isn't the most exciting thing in the world. I think you have to choose a really intelligent player and kind of pair him with Osimo and hope to create the next Barn Kendricks, which is a really high standard uh, to me. Yeah. Someone tweeted out, I think it was maybe Luke Braun, um, tweeted out yesterday the picture of, of Barr and Kendricks um, in training camp. And I think Carlos yeah. Gonzalez from the Star Tribune t- took the picture. Um, He's an incredible photographer, and the picture yes. was amazing. It was um, blue skies above him. You could tell Carlos was on the ground, and it was just Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks looking down at the camera with the sky yeah. above them. <clears throat> just two best friends from from UCLA, like yeah. who came to the Vikings and were really, really freaking good for a long time. So the releasing of Eric Kendricks is kind of the closing of that chapter, um, but I think it was a necessary step in kind of taking the next step forward um as a franchise like this defense was old this defense was expensive you gotta get younger you gotta get faster you gotta get better the the, the defense wasn't what it once was um and that's because these players weren't what they once were um it, it sounds crass but that's the business that's the nfl we mentioned jordan hicks like another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you look at the salary cap book, and Tom uses Spotrack, I use over the cap, whatever you want to use. Like 
the dead money that that Jordan Hicks has next year if you cut him today, yeah. Uh, yeah. 1.5. The savings you get, $5 million. Like that would yeah. basically bring the Vikings to $10 million in in dead in over the cap. Um, and then they would have to like things to kind of work their way out from there. Like I think Jordan Hicks is next. Um, and, yeah. and but if he is next, like you're right, they have to find someone who can kind of come in and, and help support Asamoa in a way. Maybe it's a veteran. Maybe it's a cheap veteran. Maybe it's someone in the draft. Um, but you can't put everything on Asamoa's plate from the linebacker position as a second yeah. player learning a defense in his first year with Brian Flores. So I think Jordan Hicks is next. There's other guys out there that that really could. And, and we've talked about this in the past. I think we mentioned these guys last week um, in, in the podcast episode. But. I mean, just do a quick look. I mean, the cap numbers, uh, we'll circle back on Kirk Cousins. There's more to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, $36 million, that's a $36 million cap hit. Like That's the big fish. Um, but there's more to that that we will talk about um, that kind of surfaced last week. But then you look at Adam Thielen, $19 million. Brian O'Neill, $19 million. Harrison Smith, $19 million. Dalvin Cook, $14 million. All those cap hits are huge. And and really, only Brian O'Neill, I think, is someone who justifies that cap hit anymore. Um, you look at Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Those are three guys you look at as restructure or cut. And then you can also save some money by restructuring O'Neill. I think they will do that as well. Um, extend them a year to push the cap down the road a little bit, spread it out. Um, that'll save you some pennies here and there. Um, but they're going to need to make a big move here or there in the next I mean, free agency starts in eight days. Um, <laughs> the big move is going to be one of these other guys, whether it be Smith, whether it be Thielen, whether it be Cook, um, maybe all three of them. Um, they're all going to have to restructure, or they're all going or one or I don't know if they're going to be here next. I I think you're right. I think so. Neil's like an easy one, right? You need him. <laughs> so yeah, you, just you yeah. Um, extend him and, and save some money in the process. Yep. He's also yeah, and the other thing, young enough to extend him. Um, totally. Harrison Smith, I think, is in this camp, and I, we're not <laughs> going after Neil Hunter for obvious reasons, but like, um, those are two guys I think were misused, right? I mean, it, maybe in some yeah. ways like Hendricks and Hicks were, but like, we saw the the athleticism athleticism disparity. I just. Here's the thing. There's no way Brian Flores looks at Harrison Smith and goes, "Yeah, no, no, no. We should just keep him back there." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he's gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw that guy at a, a quarterback in an opportune situation, right? He talks about using his gut and stuff. And I think the best thing for a coach like that, an experienced coach, coach who has had success, is a veteran player who also probably trusts his gut a little bit. So, um, I see Smith staying around, whether you manipulate that cap or whatever. Um, and like, and Daniel Hunter was another obvious one where you're like, wait, he's dropping back in coverage and I'll, you know, like whatever they, I'm sure Flores has like a very different plan for him. Um, Thielen, we've said before, I'm trying to think if there's like anything new, but I think, I, I think the newest thing is that he might think he's a receiver too. Like he might think he still got it. He was hurt yeah. last year. I and does. I think. Here's the thing. I think it's really hard to tell a guy who was at Mankato and walked out of a team and went from a special teamer to an all-pro quarterback or all-pro receiver that, um, uh, hey, dude, you don't have it anymore or you've taken a step back. And, you know, the team probably will be tactful in what they say to him. But I think, again, like it's just looking more and more like he's probably going to be like, I could go to another team and and for sure be the receiver too. And there 
I'm sure he's cool with Justin Jefferson, but there isn't a Jefferson who's going to swallow up, you know, a lot of the offense. Um, and so I think that comes down to kind of like a tough conversation of like, I still think they need a receiver three. I, I love Osborne. We can talk about how he's, he's an American hero now, but like <laughs> he's, Osborne's an uncertainty still. He took a huge leap, yes. obviously, from his from his rookie year. But like the one thing with Thielen is I'd be fairly certain he's still a receiver three. Now, whether to maintain to retain him, you have to kind of kick money so far down the road, it almost doesn't, it's not worth it. That's another question. But like if he just truly is like, look, I'm I'm a receiver two, I'm whatever, like it's a tough decision. But like in some ways, I'm like, I don't know how you convince a guy who's been told no his whole life and been correct about himself. Hey, no, you're not this. And you go, yes. well, yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the, that that's one of the things is we talk about his story a lot and we should, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing ever. But like, part of that is like, guys just are not going to have quitting them ever at any point in their career. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point you just get told like, Hey, no one, no one wants to employ you as a football player, whenever that is. But, um, but you know, the start of that is, hey, your receiver. It's a disparity over your role, right? I mean, that's that's right. where that starts. Um, the Delvin Cook thing, I just like. A, I think is agent smart. I think there's a reason he's having this surgery now. Um, but, uh, um, but I, that one I just don't get. Like the reporting is like he's saying, right? That's kind of the new thing that came out or whatever, relatively new. Mm-hmm. And I assume that was one where like Quasi would go, "What are we? What are we doing?" Like he kind of just runs the analytics in his brain and goes, "Like you can't have the running back making that much money." And yeah. the other thing is like if you really want a home run hitter, which is what I see Cook now, right? The again, eighty yards against Buffalo, the the big uh, screen pass against Indianapolis, like you can find that like that's like Rashad Penny it's a that, it's a step down from Cook but like you know what I mean you can find that guy in free agency if you need to and I actually thought they were going to start this kind of rotation where you had like two or three guys in and out um so the Cook news the Cousins news is the most surprising thing right the least surprising thing is probably Thielen and how he feels about himself Cook Cook though is nearly as surprising as Cousin I didn't expect that to be a the report being like, hey, he's sticking around. But again, it seems like he's been smart and maneuvering his offseason in order to um, get paid, I guess. Yeah. And I guess like the new report that Cook's sticking around, you could look at it like, yes, he he structured his offseason where he got the surgery. It's hard to trade a guy when he's under the knife or in the re- yeah. rehab process. You look at also like the money. NFL's weird, right? Like once you get post-June – and yes, posting yes. first, like you can save more money. So maybe it's, yeah, he's sticking around, but they try and trade him. You know, oh, he's healthy. Um, right. If they trade him after June first, they would save eleven million dollars against the cap. The reason that the post June first designation designation doesn't really matter right now is because, like, yeah, they can save money later, but maybe that that money is not going to be. If, if you're waiting to save money later, you you can't use that money in free agency. So that's why the Vikings are trying to get under the cap right now. They don't care about that. They can save more money by cutting Dalvin cook later or by trading Dalvin cook later, because right now they need to shed 15 million more dollars. Maybe that makes sense. And I'm just theorizing here. Um, You, you, you get your books, right? You cut Hicks, you save $5 million, you restructure O'Neill, you save whatever more money. Um, And then you try and figure out a way to restructure dealing if he's willing and, and Smith, if he's willing and that gets you below the, you know, below the number and then cook heels up. You, you realize in, in you wait, I'm saying you wait to extend Jefferson, you trade cook and you use that money. Yeah. Right? 
but yeah. I, I'm not, you know, they can also restructure the Jefferson contract in a way where it actually reduces the number, the cap number in, in 23. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the cap is like literally like there should be a class on it in, in college. Like if you want to be, if you want to cover the NFL, yeah. there should be someone who offers like a class on how to learn and, and digest the cap because there are so many arms of it. But this is our long winded way of saying, look, $15 million, like the sticker price of being $15 million over the cap. They were $23 million over the cap yesterday, 24. Yeah, like yeah. The Vikings are going to be under the cap within the next eight days. They're going to figure it out. Rob Brzezinski's a genius when it comes to these numbers. Um, and frankly, like there are like the Vikings aren't one of the best teams in the league when it comes to like having to shed, like they are mm-hmm. in a situation comparable, like comparable to the rest of the league that I would say is among the worst. Like as far as they've kicked the can down the road, now they're having to come to this reckoning, but they're not the worst team in the league when it, you know, like they're not the saints and, and yeah. they're not a, a team that is just like in cap hell forever. And there's no way out. Um, so they're yeah. going to figure their way out before, you know, eight days come and, and then free agency starts March 15th. Um, and they're going to find a way to be somewhat active in, in free agency. They're not reeling in big fish. Um, but they're going to find a way to make sure that they're not up against it and can't do anything. Yeah, they need enough that they can, because you can't just like fix the defense with the draft. You're going to have to use free agents. But I right. think the, uh, and like center and stuff, I mean, <laughs> the more you think about it, they're like, you have a lot of needs. But um, I think one thing to consider here is obviously, I don't know how many teams know their capologists, right? How many fans do? And like Rob Brzezinski is, is functionally like a household name among at least yeah. not hard. It's because he's good at this. The only thing to consider is it just means your ownership is spending. Like your ownership is saying, manipulate the rules so I can spend more money on the roster, right? Which yeah. is a positive thing. Um, the other thing to think about the cap is obviously there's nuances how it works year to year, but it is like a credit card. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like, um, money is fake on your credit card until that bill's due. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's really, really real. And I think, you know, this this is the way to think about it. We'll get to the cousins thing. They're essentially saying, hey, we're going to either take cousins off the credit card, we're going to pay it off, or we're going to kind of spread it out or whatever. And um, and yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing, and they knew this with the competitive rebuild and the fact that they saw like a a team that was better than 500 when um, when O'Connell and Kwesi took over. But like um, part of it is they knew, they're like, yeah, there's a lot on this Visa card here. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. at some point, we're going to have to start, you know, changing that up or whatever. But um, but yeah, that's that's one way to think about it is like, it seems like it's a myth. It seems like a myth if you just focus on it year to year, which is what we should be focusing on in this moment. But especially given like, we, it's hard to kind of project out what the Vikings is going to be, right? We could see it last year because it's going to be a lot of veterans. This is a reminder, the Kendricks, is that like, it's about to change dramatically. You know what I mean? In the course of like two years, all of a sudden we're going to see kind of the 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 quasi Vikings rather than kind of the Spielman Vikings with with uh, you know uh, amendments to the roster or whatever. So um, it's just I think that's the Kendrick thing too. It's both losing him and who he is, but it's also this reminder that like you've gotten used to a lot of these guys. You know, like you love it that you know Dylan came from Detroit, like whatever. All these things, Cook. You know, you remember Cook's highlights or whatever. Yeah, at some point the roster changes. It's the NFL, right? Not for long. All that stuff. Yeah. No, that's that's you're right. Like a roster is easy to get used to, but it's you. The, the roster can turn over quickly, and, and it can change it quickly, and it can be yeah. something that all these names that you're used to watching in a span of two, three, four years, like it's a completely different cast of characters. And we are trending towards that. Um, there's obviously going to be 
guys that stick around like Justin Jefferson will forever be a face of this franchise or they better make him one. They can't have this be a Randy Moss situation again. No. So there's guys that that are going to be around for a long time, maybe forever, but there's also the way that the NFL moves and shakes is like the roster turns over. Okay. We've teased the Kirk cousins thing. I think long enough, Mm -hmm. like, the report last week, so we recorded this on Tuesday morning, or we recorded last Tuesday morning. I think, like, as we were recording, or, like, a couple hours after we recorded, Quasi Odofimensa took the stage from Indianapolis. He, 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 like, really has a hard time, like, praising Cousins, like, in these large settings. Like, mm-hmm. he was trying to praise Cousins, but it really came across as, like, more pragmatic than anything else. It was, like, yeah. someone asked him where Cousins basically fits into Quasi's math problem of like, you know, what, what you need in the team and what you can afford and like the cost to benefit of, of having a quarterback that makes that much money. And he, what he said was <clears throat> there's a threshold of quarterback in the NFL. Um, can you win with the guy as like one of the first parameters and the Vikings can say, yes, not a lot of teams can say yes. Mm-hmm. So what he was saying is like, we believe in Kirk Cousins. We believe he can win us football games, but w- listening to him talk about it with such, and this is just always how he's going to come across. Like I like talking to Quasi because I feel like I, like I, I get smarter when I talk to him. Yeah. 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 But it also comes, you know, I can see how if you're Kirk Cousins and you're listening to that answer, it's not a ringing endorsement for you. It's like, well, you know, like, if you look at it analytically like Kirk, yes, he is good enough, but you know, we also have to look at like all the skills and the traits and he left the door open. Um, And then I think it was a day later, maybe later that day report comes out that like Kirk cousins or maybe that was last week. Maybe we talked a little bit about this, but that Kirk cousins won't accept a one-year deal that it's either going to be a long-term extension or let the contract play out. I think we did talk about that last week a little bit, but Hearing that report and then listening to what Quasi said, like, and as every day goes by where there's not a, a long-term extension doled out, like, I'm beginning to think they're just going to let this thing play out. But um, yeah, th- th- that remains to be seen. But that's something that I think is going to have to happen here this week or early next. Yeah, no, it's um because it does affect free agency. This is the other bummer here, right, is that uh, if you're bummed about Kendrick's, and they hold cousins at nearly 70% of the cap. More of those guys are gone. That's how you save money. You, like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. at, at some point, right? It's it's a zero sum. So um, so I think here's the thing. I think I think back to like when Quasi basically was like, I'm done talking to the media after his first interview <laughs> with USA Today. Yeah. And he was like yeah, yeah, yeah. He, had, he had had this quote that again I thought got blown up, but like um, he was just a little too honest, probably about where Cousins is at, and uh, and you know not a Tom Brady and newsflash, right? But like, I think the thing is between them interpersonally, my guess is they both are kind of pragmatic, right? You think of like Cousins studying the game in the cubicle and the fact that he like because he's a perfectionist, he'll remember all his errors and then kind of recite them after the game and all that. Like there yeah. is this pragmatic side to Cousins. He takes care of himself financially. He didn't settle for a contract in Washington. Um, he's cashed in in Minnesota and like even the way he approaches the game, it's very much, there's a safety there. I can't make that throw. Right. Which is pretty frustrating when you see like another quarterback go, yeah, mm-hmm. the safety's there, but I can fit into a tighter window. Right. Um, but like um, my guess is they kind of talk on the same plane. Again, we, we don't know, but um, I, I think the hard thing is like, if your cousins, you want O'Connell to talk at you, right? Because O'Connell mm-hmm. 
speaks as a former quarterback, a guy who coached him previously, a guy who, again, like in deep down with O'Connell, I'm sure he's like, yeah, there's there's more talented guys out there. Like, imagine if you had Joe Burrow, right, or whatever, like, you know, like paired those two guys together or whatever, the McVay offense. But like, I think he he has done it. This is O'Connell has done a good job endorsing cousins in a way that isn't so over the top that you think he's not being truthful with you but you also get the impression he's like he's like a fan of his i think he likes the idea that he'll process this information and that he can have the quieted mind and that they probably break down film together and and see kind of the same stuff right um uh o'connell's probably taught him make the throw you know but outside of that like they probably see the game pretty similarly um and i think it's just harder like a quasi is one step above um in the front office but also like I think part of the reason why, aside from he felt he got burned early on, like he doesn't kind of want to do a lot of media is like he describes himself as a quieter person, but also mm-hmm. he probably just says things too honestly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if um, he's done a lot of right things, like when he talks about Justin Jefferson, he's like, think about this. He's like, I'm inviting him into the office. We're going to talk about what we're doing with the team. Right. That tells me, A, they, they're going to pay him which they should obviously, but be like, think of the contrast to that. And I know they're two different positions, but I guess, you know, the ESPN report or whatever. Zimmer um, never talked to him. Yeah. Zimmer, Zimmer didn't bring him in the office. And yeah. I suppose Zimmer was like wide receiver. Oh, the guy, the corners cover. Yeah. 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 Get out of here. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. But um, it would be very funny if he brings in like Mackenzie Alexander or whatever into his office, but he won't let Justin Jefferson yeah. regardless. Like, I think the point is, you know, he, he is including him in there and I think he should. Um, I think he's done a lot right. And I think the player's probably going to identify with him too. He's not this kind of crusty old man, right? Sitting way mm-hmm. above them. He is like, he just seems for, for how smart Quasi is and how powerful, powerful he is within the organization. He seems like a pretty normal guy. Um, but like, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just, I think, I think that's the tough thing is actually, I listen to what Quasi says and I'm like, you are correct in your assessment here. I just get that it's not endorsing your quarterback when you go, well, he's not a Tom Brady. Or in this case, when he talks about the threshold, he's saying what we're saying here. I mean, I, I maybe not verbatim and not exactly. And I don't want to put words in his mouth, but all of us are saying like cousins is kind of represents the Mendoza line, right. In terms of like championship yes. threshold, championship standard, the things that they talk about. Right. Um, but you can't say that out loud. You know what I mean? You can't, if yeah. you are, if you run a team and, and yet like, why do we act like this is anything special? Like he should know, it, by the way, if Quasi said something different, I'd be like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, is this guy delusional about his quarterback or is he just straight up lying, you know, out of his teeth or whatever? Like instead he's just saying what's honest. And by the way, that means he should have a practical solution for this. Either pay off the credit card with Cousins, or if you're crazy, you say, if I'm giving you a long-term extension, you can't occupy more than this percentage of the cap. Yeah. I can't run a team, right? And that's actually where I have confidence in him, right, in Quasi, <clears throat> I think he's so pragmatic enough to go, I get it. Like, if Cousins is gone, you're scrambling. You're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo's and, like, that type of quarterback to replace him until you have something in the draft. Um, but, like... I don't know. Again, like that's one of the frustrating things is like, is like for some reason I get that's just what happens when you have public discourse, but like, why can't these guys just say what they're saying? Like, I don't think cousins cares. I think cousins like at the end of the day goes, yeah, dude, I've made a lot of money. I play a game I love and I'm better than most players drafted in the fourth round. And let alone he's better than most quarterbacks in the league. He's just not of the elite standard that 
people want to see because elite quarterbacks win championships. Yeah, like if Cousins was occupying five percent of the cap space, people would freaking love him. They'd be like, "Wow, he's oh, really yeah. good." Like the team has money to build around him. You know, we could do a heck of a lot worse at quarterback. Sure, we could do better, but this guy isn't. He's taken up like sixteen percent of the cap, and that's why there is so much criticism that comes with him. Is he worth the money that he costs? Some would say yes, because he still makes you relevant. He at least puts you on the precipice of a Super Bowl, even if I believe he can't. You won't win one with him. Um, he gets you close to it. He he, you're you're in the conversation, which is not what a lot of teams can't say that. So it's always going to be a polarizing thing with Cousins. The funny thing about Quasi coming out and saying that, and then saying like, yeah, we believe in him, you know, yeah, there's, here's the threshold. We can say yes to this question, but maybe we want to get someone with a different set of skills. And then you look at what Anthony Richardson went out and did like three days later at the combine. You don't want to talk about a different set of skills. Like, look, if Anthony Richardson was the quarterback of the Vikings in 2023, I believe they would be a worse football team than they, they would be if Kirk cousins was the quarterback in 2023. This is like last year when people wanted the Vikings to draft Malik Willis. I think I was actually in this camp of being like, Malik Willis, just draft him. It'll be fun. They would have sucked last year if Malik Willis was their quarterback. So like people who are clamoring for change also have to understand what they are, you know, setting themselves up for. You're a better football team with Kirk Cousins this year. Um, It's down the road what you're thinking of. Um if you're going to let cousins play out his contract, you need to have a backup plan or a contingency plan for when he leaves, or you just need to bite your teeth and say, look, you have a hard conversation with cousins say, we're going to extend you, but you have to take a little pay cut. And Mm -hmm. if he's willing to do that, then I think the extension works out. If he, and at no point has he taken a pay cut throughout his career. And that's, that's not his fault. He he's, he's in his right to continue to try and make as much money as possible. Um, playing the most violent game in the world so but if he's not willing to take that pay cut i think you will see like you said pay off the credit card move on they won't be able to draft anthony richardson though and they won't be able to draft obviously bryce young cd stroud will levis is going to be gone so people who want the vikings to draft a quarterback to prepare for life after Kirk cousins who are you looking at jaron hall from byu like Mm -hmm. like it's a third round pick guy like I, i mean it's there's not a ton of options out there outside of the top four quarterbacks and all of those guys are going high. You know, like I think people in a perfect world were thinking three weeks ago, Anthony Richardson's a project. He's going to slide down the draft boards. He'll be there when the Vikings pick at 23, no chance, no chance. Not after he tested better than every quarterbacks ever tested at the combine. Um, Quick shout outs to Anthony Richardson. Yeah. 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 6'4", 250, like 244, I think was exact. Yeah. Runs a 4'4", Tom. Vertical jump of 40 and a half inches. And and broad jumps basically 11 feet. What? (laughs) Like, I don't don't understand. It's it's absurd. He is my weight, and I think I run the four four in six seconds. So I, it's just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible. Uh, it, it, no, I mean in terms of that athleticism, and and again, you have to look at like the system in college and all this stuff. But 
he's taken himself out of the running for the Vikings. He's no longer this like project guy you get at 23, which I don't know if he ever was. Right. No. Um, I think the question is, so two different quarterbacks, right. But I'm trying to use a local example. I think Kellen Mond was a great athlete who was inaccurate. Right. And it's like, if you have a fatal flaw, it almost doesn't matter unless somehow you can fix that in the course of an NFL season. It almost doesn't matter how great of an athlete you are. And I, again, I don't Richardson's a different quarterback, higher, higher caliber. I think the problem is, A, you, you always run up against someone's going to gamble on a quarterback, right? And you're going to be like, that team did something unwise. They got a quarterback who's not good enough, put too much pressure on them, and should have taken a player at a different position because likely if you're drafting that high in the first round, you're not a very good team. Um, the, uh, Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. It's like you watch all this stuff and you're like, that's exciting. Look how big this guy is or whatever. And then you go, well, the Vikings can't have him. I think if you're if you're hoping for that, like, that sleeper i think you're looking at two factors does this player have years to develop right and then how much does it help again if the vikings can kind of fit like especially the center but can kind of fix the o-line and like mm-hmm. again we're assuming hawkinson and and uh jefferson are there hawkinson and jefferson make are gonna make guys look better than they are um uh that's hope for cousins specifically in the sense that maybe he can level <laughs> up a little bit right but we know kind of ceiling it's also hope for a young player more on the upside right that they just get to the point they need to be quicker um but again, I don't know how that happens without a Cousins extension. I mean, then you're just, again, you're just, yeah, I know Fitzpatrick's not in the league, but you're like gambling on that kind of guy, right? Like yeah. that that kind of veteran, like can step in and do the job or whatever, but you are literally gambling out on every year. And I just, again, you can do it. You just can't end up in the in the Randy Moss situation where you're like, it's Todd Bowman and Spur- Spurgeon win. And like, listen, there's other issues with Randy Moss. Um look at the ownership and stuff like that. Um, but like part of the issue was he was not always placed in the best su- position to succeed. In fact, I think with better ownership and more stable quarterback, like that was what would have put them over the top. Right. So um, we know ownership's good, right? They're getting straight A's for nutrition and treating the families well and all that stuff. Um, the next step is yes. Yeah, quarterback succession plan. And really like, um, is there, can they find the hack to get like to get a guy we don't see right we don't see it in them right now and most teams don't and yet that guy performs so um so yeah i mean i don't know it's a uh it's it's so hard i i don't i don't envy quasi when it comes to this because like just listening to you talk there like if you move on from cousins you don't just automatically get Patrick Mahomes. I think that's what Vikings fans are thinking out, out there is like, well, we got to move on from this guy because you can't win a Super Bowl with them. Like, you don't automatically get someone that just wins a Super Bowl, like, because you decide to move on from a guy. Different set of circumstances because one guy, this guy retired. Drew Brees retired from the, the Saints, and they've been looking for a quarterback ever since. You know, they, they're, they're starting Taysom Hill some games. They're starting Andy Dalton the full season. They they start yeah. Jamin Witt, Jameis Winston. And then they settle on, on Derek Carr, like for $150 million, who is basically Kirk Cousins. So it's like, I'm kind of talking to myself into an extension here, Tom. Like, yeah. it's hard because you don't guarantee like you're getting the next big thing. You just guarantee that you're moving on from this guy. And yeah, maybe you're not committing a lot of salary cap to the quarterback position, you better find someone because right your window is not necessarily now to win a Super Bowl. I think it could be now, but your window to make sure Justin Jefferson is happy is now. 
because he is going to enter his prime here in the next couple of years. Crazy to say he's not in his prime yet, Um, but I think we can say that he isn't because he's 23. But you have to find a way to surround that guy with success and, and give him the opportunity to go attain success. And it's just not a guarantee. That's what, this is really hard. I think whatever Quasi decides to do will be criticized. And that is part of the job in, as a general manager in the league. But man, it, it's a hard job to do. And, and it's, it's why, it's why general managers are always judged by the quarterback they commit to. You yes. know, the clock really doesn't start until you commit to a quarterback. Quasi kind of committed to Kirk last year with the extension, but this is the offseason. If he extends him long term, that is Quasi's ticket. If he if Kirk's great, Kirk Quasi stays. If Kirk's bad for that extension, Quasi goes. If Quasi lets the contract play out and he can't find a quarterback, Quasi's gonna go. Like it, it, it's always the quarterback at the end of the day. You can build an amazing roster unless you're like John Lynch. And, and you can find Brock Purdy as the last pick in the draft and, and build such a good roster around him that he succeeds. Um, if you can't find a quarterback, you're going to leave. And as a general manager, and that's what makes this job so hard. Yeah. I mean, I think looking at like the grades and the, how the organization is viewed by the players, it's not a, it's not a perfect leverage piece, but it is something that <laughs> they should leverage. It's not only just bringing in free agents or getting, you know, the guys they draft to be excited to be there. Um, but you can honestly say, look at the facilities, look at the commitment from ownership, um, you know, all this stuff and uh, look at how you're treated, basically. Yep. If you're quite, you can kind of you can kind of lean in on that and say, this is what I got to do in order to build out a team. And um, uh, um, the Vi- the McCombs Vikings couldn't do that. The early Wilfs, again, they were taking over and kind of implementing what they am, but they couldn't say like, think of how disorganized like the Randy Moss year was right. The 2010, yeah. um, like they could not, now the Vikings are in position to say that. And I do think this is part of the winning formula. The Packers have their flaws, but I think it's why they win. It's the, it's the Steelers. Um, you know, it's almost why there's some surprise that the Giants who have good ownership in our New York have some issues, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the Giants are going to establish that with Dayball, right? They're going to tell players, hey, you can play for Dayball or you can make more money and play for Washington, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of what they got to do with Cousins. If you just want to cash out at the end of your career, great. There's nothing wrong with that. You have the leverage to do it. Um, but if you want to be part of this organization, that's widely approved by, by um, players in the league and also that, you know, like, Again, think of like their practice facility versus Winter Park or the the stadium they play in. Even if you know whatever, like whatever you think about it, it's better than the Metrodome, right? So like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's that's kind of what they got to lean in on with these guys. And um, uh, listen, the Patriots were great forever because Tom Brady took pay cuts, and at times it burned him. Right? Sometimes he was like, "Well, where are the receivers that you're supposed to be paying?" But <laughs> yeah. I, it's not perfect. But like. That is why, right? And it started, think of the Patriots pre-craft and post-craft, right? Got lucky in some ways with Brady, where he was drafted and whatnot. Um, yep. We're fortunate that he was willing to sacrifice for the team. But ultimately, like, it was the Patriot way, as much as people get sick of that, right? It's it's Belichick, it's how it's craft, it's how they ran the organization. And you have to hope that this is what they're trying to do now, right? It is, it's the Wilfs, it's Quasi and and you know, establishing trust as a guy drafts and brings in free agents. And then um, O'Connell, who I think is already, bought, you know, I think the players are already kind of bought into them. So um, that allows you to, to circumvent the cap by basically telling players, Hey, we're going to pay you less, which sucks. But again, we talked about the business with Kendricks. This is the business as it pertains to cousins. 
Look at that. Closing the loop, Tom. Perfect. Tie back to Kendricks at the beginning. That's just good. That's good podcast. <laughs> good podcast, man. <laughs> um, but I'm going to ruin the, the, the closed loop because we yeah. have to give one shout out before we leave. Um, look, it's Tuesday morning, like I said. If Cousins news breaks in the next 24, 48, 72 hours, we're going to hop back on here. We're going to talk about that. Um, yeah. Probably similarly, if any of the big guys get cut, if, if, if Harrison Smith or Adam Thielen slash cut slash restructure, we're going to hop on. We're going to talk to you later this week. Uh, if nothing happens, we'll come at you next week. Before we wrap up this episode, though, KJ Osborne saved someone's life. Like you teased, you teased this in the in the middle of the podcast. Like an American hero, KJ Osborne. Yeah, he pu- literally pulled someone out of a burning car in Austin, Texas. Um, and, and then he went on. I think it was the the thirty third team and, and talked about it. Like I think he's on Adam Schefter's podcast too, um, talking yeah. about it. Or maybe Schefter's. I, I saw him tweet it out this morning. That's amazing. Um, KJ is one of my favorite play- people to talk to in the locker room, but. The fact that he's willing to pull, pull his, tell his Uber, hey, pull over. And then him, the Uber driver, and two innocent bystanders pulled this guy out of a fiery vehicle. Um, I knew the guy was a great guy just you know, by the way he treats us, by the way he treats kind of everyone, um, by the way he kind of gives back to his high school. But you know, the balls it takes to do something like that in that scenario, like amazing and, and, and something that should be praised. Um, he, like he – you, you can't say enough good things about him. And and then that's just kind of another example. It's kind of funny. Obviously it's not as local as like uh feeling, but he's becoming the next good receiver story. Right. I mean, obviously Jefferson, Justin Jefferson's a pretty good one yeah, too, yeah. but, but I think like the fact that he's this underdog, he was drafted as a returner, had this, you know, big improvement in his second year. And then like this kind of checks out with him as a guy. Again, you only know him to some extent being in the locker room with the, whatever, but like having talked to him and kind of knowing what this guy's about, um, and kind of the path he had to take to the NFL and all that stuff. Like it checks out that he, he's a cool guy. I mean, also like potentially a good, great player. So, so yeah. I don't know. It's cool. It's cool to see. I mean, again, I think the Vikings have done a good job trying to bring in the right people. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. Let's uh, um, I'm, I'm on board with Osborne. I want to see him succeed again. I'll be critical at times where it's, it's necessary, but like, it's hard not to get on, but it was a little like Malik Willis too, right? Like Malik Willis, he heard he was this great guy. You want him, you know, in the, in the building yeah. or whatever, at least in this case, he's a proven player. Right. And we'll see what his upside is. Yeah. And, and look, like if, if, if the Vikings draft a receiver in the draft, they move on from Thielen or whatever. And KJ's just shooting up receiver three. If he's okay being that he's a good receiver three. Um, I think there's question marks at receiver two. Um, but there's no question of, of his character, hell of a guy. And, and we'd be remiss if we'd not mention that on, on the podcast. Yeah. So that's all we got this time. Um, like I said, Tuesday morning, we will maybe come back at you later this week, depending on what the Vikings do. If not look for us next week, uh, we've been kind of setting the off season schedule as, as Tuesdays. So we will be around. Um, we'll be kind of monitoring things. And if anything breaks, we'll hop back on here. Um, But that's all we got for this week right now. Um, For Tom Schreier, I'm Dane Yuzutani. Thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 